0: All right, so I got some really great advice to start just consistently putting intros before the episode starts. So a little backstory on Chase Irwin is that I went to the Kansas City Fitness Summit this past weekend, and he was one of the trainers that I got to meet and hang out with. Um, he really stood out because he went out of his way to, to kind of get to know people and New people like myself that were coming for the first time. Obviously, I was a little shy, and he just had a great personality. And the more we talked, the the more things that I kind of wanted to get to know about him. He uh, sets a really good example for his family, for his colleagues, for people across the country, um, and other countries. So I hope you enjoy this one, and hopefully you can share it around, because it was a funny one. Welcome to the Lifestyle Chase. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. Proudly hosted by me, Chris Little, without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, episode 46. Today I am joined by Chase Irwin. So you're joining me all the way from Little Rock, Arkansas.
1: Yeah, man. Born and raised and living uh, the southern southern thing.
0: What are three um, cool facts about Arkansas?
1: Let's see. Well, like probably the most well-known fact is i assume the most well-known fact is like bill clinton was from here so like you know the president during the the 90s mr bill clinton who had all kinds of uh extracurricular activities besides being president uh so he did that he was from here uh i I have like all famous people in my head for right now for some reason so like johnny cash he's from here like that's uh that's pretty exciting uh and then like the thing i use to like lure people here is like Awesome hiking. We are the natural state. That's our uh tagline, I guess. So we uh we've got lots of fun uh fun scenery. If you're not used to like a lot of green wherever you live, it's an awesome place to come check out for green and water and all kinds of stuff like that. So you know,
0: fun, fun uh fun outdoor activity if you're an enthusiast. Nice. I like it. And I'm digging all the the Superman posters in the background there. That's pretty sweet. <laughs>
1: oh dude superman's my favorite by far like on the other side is like all my comic books i've got like posted up of him over here is like all my pop figures that i have of him yeah i just i dig superman quite a bit (laughs) my uh my gym wall used to be uh superman blue with like all those posters out there
0: on it and and more so so quite a bit
1: of uh superman paraphernalia
0: sweet all right. So I want to go through like a typical day for you. Like, how do you start off your day? What kind of stuff do you do? When do you finish it? All the things.
1: Yeah, man. Um. Okay. So like right now during the school year, my typical day uh, starts out about, I typically get up about five in the morning um, and I have one client that I go see like right off the bat. So I wake up, Instagram, I always post like my weight because I just do like the running weight thing. So I do that like very first thing of the day, get ready, pop out the door, like head over to his house and we like train, talk sports, like, you know, get the day rolling. It's like an awesome awesome introduction to your day. Like, you know, we, we have a good time, get my head right. And then after that, I will go over to one of our local high schools that I do some strength conditioning for. Um, and I work there for about an hour and a half we, and I work with, it can be any groups. I work with baseball, uh, men's and women's basketball, volleyball, uh, and football are the four, five sports I typically uh, I work with. So one of that combination of groups over there, uh, head back home uh, about 8.39, do, uh, begin working with tri- uh, clients, man. So I'll work uh, with clients typically. I'll, I run 30 minute sessions over here. Uh, so that works pretty well uh and i typically go uh from nine till you know sometimes early afternoon is general day and i typically have a break there in the early afternoon and uh and won't pick up again until you know post work time so five o'clock time and, and i'll work until about six six thirty so not a crazy day generally I uh, see about i don't know generally eight to twelve clients a day so you know, works out pretty well, um, and then it's uh, then it's on to hanging out with the kiddos and working out myself, man. So yeah, that's generally my evening times is kids and working out. So past that, uh, you know, just uh, whatever uh, curveball, which rarely occurs, uh, come into play. So
0: totally, that's a pretty cool routine. What was life like as a kid growing up in Arkansas?
1: Uh pretty chill, man. Uh we, you know, we're uh uh you know, mom and dad were awesome. I had a great childhood. Uh I don't think there's anything super unique to Arkansas, like specifically as a kid. I, I mentioned all the outdoor stuff. That wasn't something like my family was like big into. Played a lot of sports growing up though. So that was generally where I spent most of my time. Um as a kid was uh playing baseball. So that's where I spent a lot of my free activity time. Other than that, man, tons of video games, which I'm still like big into, play a bunch of video games. Uh, hated school, had ADHD. Uh, as a kid, still have it, but a little more understanding about it and, and how to like deal with it personally. So uh, that's that's something that I grew up with and kind of as I got closer to really like end of high school i was able to get myself away from the medicating side of it and once i did that like everything's just like been pretty like cool with it and and having any issue with it since since then uh i'm trying to think of like anything like the only probably abnormal thing or something that most people didn't go through is that growing up my parents were uh, foster parents uh and so we had i had a i mean i already have a big family i have Uh, three biological siblings and then two adopted siblings. And then growing up, we had someone in the neighborhood of 60 or so children that were in or through our house at some point. And so that was like super cool. Gave me great perspective on life, like to see like what, what my life could be as far as like where these kids are coming from and and also just like the love my parents were able to give to all these kids like whether they're in our house for a month or whether they're house for a couple of years uh, i got to see that so that was uh that's something i'm always like very like blessed and happy to have like in my background that i i still take to me with me to this day to, like uh interacting with people or interacting with situations so yeah that was like Life in Arkansas, I guess, like nothing uh nothing too out of the ordinary, uh for the most part. So
0: Yeah, it is neat. I think uh sometimes people forget how much the same everybody is. Like doesn't matter where we're from, doesn't matter what country or anything like that. It's all the same things.
1: Oh yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Like I think we were talking about like cartoons like at the fitness summit. So so yeah, I met Chris at the fitness summit. So this is is awesome, like reconnection a week later. But we were talking about like cartoons we watched. And, and in general, we had the same cartoons, you know, And it is like, you don't, it is a process because you're like, well, yeah, of course I saw the same cartoons as like my best friend down the street, but you know, my Canadian friends North, you know, it's just like, oh yeah, we, we all kind of saw the same thing, kind of experienced the same, uh, a lot of the same things growing up.
0: So that's, that's quite interesting. I, I thought it was really interesting. Yeah, me too. So with uh, video games what is your favorite video game platform of all time
1: holy cow um okay yeah so all time so currently i pretty much just like play everything on like pc but it definitely was not that way growing up you know we all had like 64s and ps2s and and xbox I, i would probably still kick it back to like man this is a hard one because like the introduction of like the internet and being able to play with friends online like for like that uh xbox like 360 like generation was awesome but i think i'd still go back to like in 64 days and like playing goldeneye with like a huge group of guys and like running like round robin tournaments at like big houses like that was just it's super memorable
0: like in my head yeah <laughs> Yeah, I'd have to say, like, I I never personally owned a Nintendo 64, but my old, older brother bought, like, a PlayStation, and then he would trade his PlayStation for the N64. He would trade something else for something, and just, like, for a few months at a time. And, yeah, for me, it was, like, 007 Goldeneye. It was just, like, being able to play multiplayer. I really like the Zelda games, and I feel like those sort of, like, stuck with me more than the cooler games now. Oh, for sure, man. Like... Over the years, I've had I've had groupings of
1: games that have like consumed like large amounts of time. So like for sure, like all those 64 games had it. Then there was uh, a certain game on Xbox, um, one of the Elder Scrolls game Morrowind, and I probably pumped like cl- upwards of like 700 hours into that game. Uh, the, the, well, <laughs> the game I p- pumped the most time into was like one of my first PC games. Uh, back when I first when I graduated high school in 2005 I played a game called Guild Wars and it was kind of like a, a World of Warcraft type game like big MMO RPG type game and I think but by, well, by the time I was done playing that game I'd put like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 4,500 hours into the game and so that was uh that was like where I spent a lot of my time and and now yeah now, now I've uh I've been on last four or five years I've been playing a game called League of Legends and I still play that quite quite often and and I'm somewhere in the neighborhood of a couple thousand hours on that game now so it's you know when you put years into games it just like even if you don't play like a couple hours a night it just adds
0: up you know it does it <laughs> does so we're gonna spin this to family topic and you you kind of reflect on your parents and how they were so good in that they created a good environment for so many kids and for your family and what what are three qualities that really stand out about them that that you aspire to have as you raise your family
1: man chris like i'd probably say the well the overarching theme of my entire childhood was uh our beliefs uh man our our beliefs in god and and just and just what it meant to us and we we never and this is always like a hard like subject to bring up because people have a very start they have a very black and white like opinion on, on the subject. And, and I grew up on the side of the fence that it was all love all the time that my parents, when they won like, again, going back to the foster care thing, and this is where I got to see it at as an early age is that day one of a kid that, you know, it y- 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 was a stranger on the street, basically, would have been if you'd seen him walking around, uh, but they brought him in, they brought him or her in and showed them love at day one, moment one. And, and just the amount of love that we had as a family in the household and, and how they always att- attributed it back to like their relationship with God and, and how they had been given so much in their life because of their beliefs. And they wanted to pass that along as best they could. And so that always manifests itself in this, in this love and how, Uh, those connections were deepened uh, through faith and being able to spread what you've been given out in front of you. So kind of like two answers was that their faith and their belief system. I want to have that. And I want it to manifest it in my life and in my family, and my house into love and to show that like how caring you can be as a human. Like it's just so easy anymore. Like you see it all the time on the internet. I see all the time on the internet where people just don't care. Um, they'd much rather get like their point across and take a person from being a human and a person and, and kind of dumb them down to just like an idea and that's it. And they're willing to like crap on that idea, crap on that person, their feelings, everything else. And, and when at the end of the day, it's someone sitting behind that monitor, it's sitting, somebody, you know, is behind that keyboard. And, and so that love is something that I want to like show my kids and show like people around me that, it, you know, even though we believe different and we can be different people, that doesn't change the fact that we're humans. We're humans like, you know, we're people and you got to treat other people with like the same love and respect you'd want to have. And so the faith, the love and then probably like the last thing like that I gathered. And this is this is definitely from my dad's side as a kid, but definitely as my mom. My mom has a uh, organization I' uh, the foster kids now so I'm, I really see it a lot now and her. Uh, it's just a work ethic. Uh, they worked very hard. My dad started out as like basically like a banker uh, doing that thing kind of like a small time manager there and was, like worked his way up like a big time in, in one of our local companies. My mom went from a, a house mom you know housewife working at home. Uh, with the kids and, and now she runs an organization that that finds kids families forever so you know they they both have aspirations and they both went after them uh so like that drive and and i guess i guess grit i guess if i had to sum it up into one word to be like a grit like going after it so faith then the love that like comes with it the love that we show people and then just grit and like pushing through things that may not be the most comfortable so
0: that's awesome. I like that. So the next question that I have is with your personal training career, what what kind of inspired you? What is the moment or the age that you were where you first thought like personal training, that's the job for me?
1: Hmm. Th- this is quite interesting. So just a quick background. Growing up, I was a super skinny kid. So I had ADHD. I was on medication that like, Didn't help the situation. Always like cut my appetite. Literally in high school, the biggest part of my arms were my elbows, like period. It's like my favorite like statement to make because it's like a true to true life statement. Um, And so growing up, I I mean, I worked out quite a bit. I mean, my grandfather, you know, uh, God bless him. He 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 showed me away from like 13 years old, 13 years old on. And he would literally take time away and like work out with me, in like the little church gym that we had, like the big, like universal machine in the middle that had like all the different like leg press and bench press all just machined into one big cage. And so we did that you know, for years. And, and I was able to see a little bit of muscle growth here and there. And that was nice. Um, but it, you know, I I started taking it more and more seriously, got older and older and got hit college. And and then it was like kind of a real serious spell, but really the whole time personal training just always seemed like this cool, like thing that like somebody would go do like right before they had a wedding or something like, Oh, they, they're going to go hire a personal trainer to get ready for a wedding. Like, Oh, that's really cool. That'd be cool to, uh, to hire one day never thought about it. I always thought I was going to go into sales in college. And that's why I studied in college. I studied marketing business and and that's what I was going to go do. And then literally, so I was working for Hewlett Packard and one day at the gym, out of nowhere, my, uh, one of the uh, training managers on the floor just comes up to me, strikes up a conversation, says, you know, have you ever thought about being a personal trainer? I was like, no, you know, that that very short conversation, very short conversation, but I don't know what 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 it was that minute but it's something triggered to me that i do love working out i've always i'd always had done it you know since my you know adolescence years and i liked it And, and i had seen changes in my body and i thought that was awesome but i also knew that i didn't you know how we always do we didn't we don't know enough or hopefully the majority of us see that we don't know enough so i was like okay like went did my first like literally that moment triggered it like somewhere in that weekend time after that happened, triggered it, I went and got, you know, went and found some, I don't even know what it was, certification at this point. You know, Lord knows the first certification you get. It's like, okay, just go grab one so you can come train at the gym. It's like, okay, this is a great idea. I'm controlling someone's health and body and this is all I'm going to get for education? Fantastic. Um, but, you know, just like started doing that in, uh, in 09 and and, you know, the rest has been history since. So.
0: What's been the toughest moment as you've, like, progressed through your training career? Like, the, the point where you thought, screw this, I'm out of here.
1: Man, you know, like, I try to stay, like, fairly, like, upbeat about stuff because like, we always have moments where, you know, stuff just doesn't seem to go right. Like, Like, one of the first ones was, like, when I like made the full on transition to training. Like, so I went from like my comfortable job and just like training at nighttime, like kind of just fun to like, depending on it. That was like very like hard on the soul. Cause like I had a kid on the way, like it was, like, I don't know if this is going to work, dude. You know, thankfully like I had enough clients that I came over from the gym. I was at when I was full time and we kind of just made it work. Uh, and then like, I mean, even to this day, man, like trying to make this transition now, like back, so back in 2012 and 13 I like ran online training pretty well and like it felt good but I did a pretty crap job of like in all honesty like I just didn't know how to transition my in-person s- services to online as well even though I was given these I mean I had like 40 or 50 clients at the time because of the fidocracy platform uh, that I was a part of back then and so like it was like oh I, I was it was awesome that I had all these like bodies but I didn't know how to do it. And so I failed pretty miserably, like ran the first group. Okay. But had very poor follow up and very poor, like growth materials. And so did a pretty crummy job. And just like looking back at now, it's like a more, more or less just a failure. So now it's like, how do you correct that now? How do you do it different? So that doesn't happen again. So like just learning, like throughout the steps, like is always a process and always like typically comes on the, or at least in my scenarios, like comes on the edge of like heels of failure or like, potential like missteps that, that that you're trying to avoid in the future so
0: makes sense from that moment that whole like online experience if you could like write down three lessons what would they be like if you're trying to teach other people
1: like so i think like for, first and foremost and like something that i just didn't like is like plan like plan look at like who you're going to be bringing in and realize like where they're at in their training career. Like if you're trying to take on complete newbies, like start going through the steps in your head about things you had issues with and plan education materials for that. Or if you're dealing with like more intermediate people, like give them new focal points to, to be aware of when they go to the gym. Um, you know, like the plan can be, can make or break like what you're going to do and whether you're a success at it or not. Um, like probably number two, at least in in from from that first experience, it's it's communication. Uh one thing I had the hardest time of with is I didn't set up great lines with communication of everybody. Now, granted, some people aren't gonna keep up with the communication you set up anyway, but you've got to have those lines open so that they know they're readily available and they can reach out to you via whatever those lines are. Um, just like with any relationship, I mean, we all know. If we have relationships and your communication sucks like the relationships probably not going to go very far you know so definitely working on that and keeping yourself open to those communications so that people can get you know the most out of the time with you as far as third goes like planned communication it'd probably be like like follow through at the end like if you um if you say you're going to do something if you've got if you've planned something if you've you know even mentioned to like one person individually that you're going to do something like follow through with it come through with the material you've promised or if you don't know a question and you tell them you're going to get them an answer get them an answer don't just leave them hanging with it i think some of that customer service side of stuff if you can deliver on that it really helps them buy into what the product is you're, you're you're selling them or that you're uh, coaching them on uh, it helps them with that, that mental buy-in, uh, when you're able to, uh, to deliver what you've, you know, the follow
0: through that you promised. So totally. I like those points. Our next segue is back to family. So okay. my question for you is how did you meet your other half? Cause everybody has, has a story to that.
1: Yeah, Chris. So like, uh, so funny enough, me and so Holly's my wife. Um, and we, uh, interesting enough, we have baby pictures together. So, so our families have known each other our entire lives. Um, I've known her from church growing up. Uh, now granted when we were growing up, we didn't go to the same schools, um, all through elementary and then in middle school, I transferred over to, to the high to the uh, middle school she was at. So. When I transferred over, uh, I transferred over to this in particular school because one of my buddies, one of my best friends ever uh, went to this school. And so I was like, really like, I just want to go to school where Blake's at. Like, that's all I care about. I don't really care about anything else. And so I went up there and like, I, I, I've, you know, made some great friends, but, but Holly was there at the time she was dating somebody else and and this was in seventh grade. So again, a long, long time ago, this is back 2001. And, and I, you know, I remember specifically, and again, we weren't, we weren't dating. She was still dating somebody. I remember specifically went to one of our big water theme parks, uh, over here. It's called wild river country. It's freaking sick for little rock dude. (laughs) (laughs) And, (laughs) and, uh, and we have, have you ever seen those big wave pools? Yep. Like at theme park? Yeah. So we have one of those. And I have no freaking clue why, but I remember us all being like all the kids from whatever event we were at being out there. And I remember seeing her, We went to the same school at this point, but uh, I guess I hadn't really noticed her. Uh, But I remember seeing her out there, like in the wave pool, like whatever we were doing, chatting in between the wave stuff and be like, I really like this girl, like seriously like her. (laughs) And uh, so, uh, so yeah. So anyway, like this led to this led to this, like, eventually we like dated a little bit uh our sophomore year and then and then like kind of the rest is history man we've been together ever since then uh you know kind of you know just just did the whole thing man went to colleges together you know got married pretty much straight out of college at 23 years old and and have uh have two awesome kids and you know just like any other couple though man ups and downs and and all arounds and, and we are where we are today man
0: so that's awesome. I dig it. What are your five favorite things about her?
1: Uh, my five favorite things. Okay, so one one of the biggest things that attracted me early on was her athleticism. I love that she was athletic. She was like one of the best like basketball players in this in the city that we lived in back when she played high school ball. I love going and watching her play. Like the intensity she had on the court, and, and honestly, it led to like. The only breakup we ever had uh, was back uh, our sophomore year of high school because she had a new basketball coach coming that next semester and she wanted to like put all her effort into practicing. So that she made sure she had a starting spot and looking back on it now, I give her it because like because like as my as my family recalls it, they're like, you broke, you broke up with Chase like 10 times over basketball. And it really was just that one time but we just give like sarcastic answers and and that's just my family but like you're looking back on now it's like because she had a, a passion and she had an intensity and so that was the her best way to display that so for me that that was like one of the it's still to this day one of the most attractive things for her. like she she's uh she works out hard she she tries hard at stuff and it's it's very it's very attractive uh probably number two and this is more on this side of life, now that we've been married and working and stuff is, uh, is her work ethic at her job. Uh, she's a radiologist tech uh, mission. So she shoots the x-rays um, at her, at one of the local orthopedic clinics. Uh, and man, she just works freaking hard. Like, you know, the, the kind of stuff that uh, would go, unappreciated i think i think it would be kind of how i put the stuff that, like she works hard at like even though sometimes it can be kind of one of those unappreciated jobs it's just like going and do this uh, uh, you know it's super important and and it helps a lot of people so the fact that she works hard at it i'm just very proud of her every day that she does that uh as far as on the home front man like you know what can i say she's like the best mom like to my kids possible uh the the amount of of the amount she wants to do for them is uh, it drives me to be better because she wants so much for our kids. She wants them to have, you know, whatever opportunities are in front of them. Uh, She wants to be able to lay those lay, whatever the path that is for them to get there. And so that makes me want to work harder to, to help assist her um, on that. Uh, Those are three awesome ones. Let's see. Let's see what are, (laughs) I'm (laughs) trying. Like, probably like our sense of humor back and forth. Like, I won't say it's like laugh out loud. Like, very rarely, like, every once in a while, we have like, I'm a very sarcastic person. And, and I remember early on, that was not how my, that's not how Holly like took things. If someone was sarcastic with her, like, hurt her, like, hurt her feelings like oh this person really hates me like because my dad is like the most sarcastic in the world and when she first met him for like three months she's like your dad hates me and I was like <laughs> oh I was like no if, if he's joking like that that means he loves you like he won't talk to you if if he doesn't like you like you know like and so that like just those interactions are just they're very comical like and again unfortunately it's like those kind of things that are like laugh out loud funny sometimes but the, the interaction. Um, and then at the end of the day, like Chris, it goes back to like faith stuff. She's, she's been a, a woman of faith her whole life. Uh, you know, again, we all have our ups and downs and, and me and her have had the same, like in our, of our faith, but we've come back to like our, our grounding point, uh, in the Lord and, and to see that and to see it kind of radiate from her, it just, uh, you know, I can't be blessed more than I am, man. So, so those are probably like, the five things I'm sure if I had a little more time, I could have some more quirky ones, but those are the uh, the five things I
0: probably give you off the top of my head. So, that's awesome. I like those. Um, I think what really <laughs> what really stood out to me was how like you did like a family trip to go to the fitness summit. Like everybody <laughs> jumped in the van. So what's what's <laughs> that like integrating fitness into your life like that, making it a whole family thing? Like you're doing something, they're doing it with you.
1: Uh man, like. I honestly think, like, besides my faith, it's the greatest thing I can pass along to my kids. Um, it is is because it's something that can stick with you forever. It's not like a sports skill that like, as soon as you age out of like whatever you can't use it anymore, it's something that physically makes them strong. Um, and in that physical strength, mental strength, I've I've attained more mental strength over my entire fitness career because of that physical exertion I have. Um, so I want it to be something they can find pleasure in. They can find, you know, a, an outlet in whenever you need some release from from life itself. Uh, and just in the, the day, be something you're able to look at and say, like, this is enjoyable to me because it changes me. Um, and so. So hopefully, at some point, that's something they fall in love with. Uh, you know, it's not ever going to be something I I I thrust upon them because it's my ideals of it. But it's definitely something that I want them to see their dad and their mom doing and and showing and being about. Um, because at the end of the day, and, and Chris, once you have kids or if you ever have kids or if you're around kids, you'll see it. They follow more by seeing than hearing. You can talk the talk all you want, but unless you walk the walk and kind of demonstrate uh, why stuff is so great, it'll never sink in. So I want to be that example to to really be on the forefront of my family is like I want to be the guide. I want to be the one that like takes them on the path for for hopefully the healthiest life they could uh, lead. So, yeah, that's that's where I like to to place fitness in in our family.
0: I like that. And I'm going to have some listeners that are like going to be new parents in the next few months. And I'm wondering if you have like some really rock solid advice for somebody who is just about to be a parent.
1: (laughs) It's okay. So this is this is like kind of going off script from like my fitness advice about having a plan. So when you're a new parent, you'll have an awesome plan. And you'll have all these like great ideas that are spinning in your head. And you're like, all right, this is how we're going to do it. This is the schedule we're going to keep. We're going to run it perfectly. And then your kid's going to be born. And then you might as well just light the house on fire and like run away from it. Because like all of those like awesome plans, like like will be gone, man. Because, well, some people... So I I shouldn't say that because some people really, really tried hard to stick to the plan. But I think that adds a layer of stress on you as a parent. So you don't get to enjoy that time as much as you could if you just deviated from the plan just a little bit to to make some exceptions. Because, again, your kid is your child, a human being, a person. They're not going to be exactly they're going to be perfect. They're going to have moments where like you want to shake them and you want to do, you know, you don't want to be there with them and that's okay. That's totally normal. Set, set them on their bed, let them cry it out for a little bit, walk away from the situation, breathe, realize this is, you know, this is your spawn. This is, this is your kid (laughs) and and realize, you know, you're responsible for, you know, more or less how they, how they turn out. So, so, you know, be, be flexible, be flexible as as a new parent because there are going to be times when, when you're ready to get out get out the door like 20 minutes ago and all of a sudden your kid's got to like go poop and you, you've got to make about a 15 minute adjustment to get them on the toilet or, or change the diaper or whatever it is. And, and, you know, you you won't be you will not be able to plan for everything that happens and, and just be OK with it.
0: So what's been the messiest situation that you've ever encountered encountered as a father? man i think i've i think
1: i've been i've been fairly i've been fairly lucky with like crazy situations uh like just the other day my my best friends in town uh one of the guys i went to school with uh, back in high school he's in town from boston and, and uh and he's inside with the kids while i'm finishing up with a client session uh and he and he comes out like mid this is this is not the messiest but it was just most recent he comes out he's like hey chase can i talk to you for a minute and i was like I was like, yeah I, mean, yeah, I was like, yeah, I was like, hey, just sat here and talk with, like, Bobby and wife, like, like, what do you need? He, he's like, he's like, yeah, like, I just turned around and Isabella's my daughter. My, uh, She's about to be two years old. He's like, yeah, she's got crap all over her hands. And so, like, I walk in and she's got, like, poop, like, covering her arms. And he's like, I think she's just playing in her diaper. I was like, yeah, no crap, Sherlock, here we go. <laughs> and so, like, again, just, like, random stuff like that's going to happen. I think we haven't had, like, any crazy, like, kid covered in, like, poop, like, entire body poop or something (laughs) like like i've had horrible stories about that like thankfully that hasn't happened but you'll definitely get literally up to your arms and 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 crap like every once in a while so (laughs) so prepare yourself if if you've got a weak gag reflex you may you may need to buy some some uh, oxygen mask or something
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome and (laughs) on another topic you're a big fan of wrestling so what started that for you
1: (laughs) oh man um man I, i i honestly man i don't know like i'm trying to remember like back in the mid 90s i seriously got into wrestling like right before the wcw wwf feuds and like the nwo time frame like all that like maybe right before that like 95 Um, and I, I honestly, my, my, one of my clearest memories is like one of those early, like feuds, like when they just started, but I also like one of my best memories is like N 64 WCW versus NWO, like, like one of the video games. I remember playing the crap out of that game. Um, but I, I had a pretty good recollection of, of wrestlers prior to that. So that definitely wasn't my first like feeling of it. But I really just think I like the characters. Like I love, I love that feeling of being somebody else. I I really, I really dig that. Like for years on on fitness stuff, I went by like it's still my name on Instagram, Blackout Trainer. And literally my stick was like, I always wore like a freaking black bandana in every picture, like over my mouth. Like it was just my stick. I freaking have like a a slideshow of like 50 people on this website doing it like right before one of my competitions and I don't know, just, I like characters and I like people who are able to act out these like intricate characters in front of millions of people who know, like there is a gimmick, you know, but they're still able to hold these. I don't know. It's just very interesting to me. It's, I love the dynamics of how storylines play out, when they're well written, just like a good TV show, just that it's happening and it's like huge, muscled up dudes that are like ripped up. And I, you know, obviously that fits well with fitness. Uh, you know, so just was super intriguing back then. Uh and and still to this day, I definitely don't watch like near what I used to, but it's still intriguing to me like when when they have good
0: characters uh in the lineup. So I like that. So It was like the last night of the summit and you did like a spot on wrestling impression. Can you share an impression with our listeners?
1: (laughs) So like, so like, okay, so so a little bit of background. Uh, One of my, some of my favorite grouping of videos on, uh, on YouTube, or at least it used to be, I don't watch them much anymore, but like, it was like old, like Macho Man, Randy Savage, like whenever he was doing like his shoots uh, with like Mean Gene or something. And he'd always have like crazy like terminology or like crazy like things he was trying to like allude to. And like, he would, he'd always be like, Oh yeah, I mean, Gene, like, here we go, brother. We're going to like it. When he would get into it and he'd start popping out like cream, of corns, and like, <laughs> cr- like, Oh man, it was like so crazy. So like, I think I did the like ultimate warrior one for you where ultimate warrior is like, literally a, he has to be coked out of his mind for this. Like one shoot he did where he's talking about like getting is, so his, Ace is called the war, but he called him. And like he literally was like talking like, So yeah, brother, we're gonna get the warriors and we're gonna load up on the jet engine, <laughs> and we're gonna load up with the rocket fuel, and we're gonna take ourselves into outer space, and it's gonna be and like he just goes on this rant, and it is a again, it looks like he's coke-fueled, <laughs> freaking rage machine, and it is great, man. It is Well, if you haven't ever watched them, just go on. They'll give you a good laugh, and like, you know, you'll see grown men play characters that grown men probably should be playing, but they're way more enjoyable
0: than than anything else. That's awesome. I love that. So, you're like probably one of the most positive people that I've encountered in a long time. And what is your secret? what What do you do every week to stay so positive?
1: Oh man, Chris, like. Uh, you know, like, I don't know if it's like that much of a secret. It's, 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 I wake up and it's gotta, it's gotta be back to like my, my view on the world, man. We're all like super different. We all have things that are different. I don't let people's differences, like change how I feel about them as people. I I may disagree with things. I think people get so caught up in those disagreements that it really like, hammers them internally that it changes how they feel about themselves or they feel like they must build up these big defenses to always be prepared to counter whatever the world has to throw at them and and why i think defenses is good and it's good to have those things it really shuts you down to people sometimes and when you're shut down you just can't be yourself um and and like that's sad and it sucks like Cause I hate seeing people that are just like shut down, beat down, you know, they've got things that oppress like their way of thinking or, or, or how, or who they want to be. Like, I think really we all have a sense of who we want to be inside, but sometimes I think our situations can lead us to get to the point where we're like, I can't be that person. I, I, life has thrown me this or that and and I just don't want to be that person. So I don't know if this like answering it in any way, but it's just like taking and, and, and mindfulness is like super popular t- topic, but it's something that like I, I truly believe in is, is to be aware of the people around us. Now, I don't mean conform to the people around us, but just be aware of like the things that people are going through around us and realizing that we are very blessed to be where we're at. We've got a roof over our heads. We've got food on the table every day. We have the luxury to go train our bodies and put ourselves through pain where people are in pain of no choice of their own every single day. And so to be able to like, just take that small step out of my own life and see that uh, I'm very blessed. Uh, and, And then man, like at the end of the day, like, like I told you earlier, like it's, it's faith, man. It's, it's the belief that there's something bigger than me. And there's a purpose bigger than me in the world. And, and if I can show a little bit of love, a little bit of light uh, through my actions or through a smile or or whatever it is, I want to, I want to do that because I don't want to miss an opportunity to change someone's day. Um, and who knows how that one day of change, like snowballs into something else for their life. So, um, if, if I'm in my head, if I'm off of that for a day, for a moment, uh, it's, it just, there's an opportunity that could be missed and I don't want to miss an opportunity so
0: that's a good explanation i like it my next question for you is in your training experiences like you would have worked with a lot of different clients but there's usually like one or two maybe three moments that really stand out and it's like the client had a big win or it was just something that taught you about like this is why you're in the industry can you reflect on a few of those moments
1: yeah man um So I'm going to use, I'm going to use a non-client first off. Um, if, If any trainers listening to this or anybody that has a significant other or spouse will know it's very hard in anything you do when you're working with your girlfriend, boyfriend, significant wife, husband, it's hard to get them to listen to your areas of expertise sometimes because they're the one person they're like listen like i hear you talk about all the time i know what i'm doing like and and i remember for a long time like me and holly like again the way our relationship is the way we're funny like this was one of the things that was like a sticking point for like and again we were we've been together since 2004 so we've been together for a while but like for probably about eight years there was like it was something i just didn't mess with i didn't mess with and so so the first season she really like I was like all right, Chase. Like forget it. Like I'm tired of like messing around on my own. Like will you do something for me? And so which she it and, and like again. Like this is more like just a win for all uh all all trainers out there that that people can be helped. You just have to. This is more like sometimes you just have to give people space to grow and realize like where they lack. And and she realized that she was strong and she could work out hard, but she needed a little extra guidance at at certain certain ways of the road. Looking back at it now, there were things I would do different, but she was able to lose like somewhere in the neighborhood of like 35 pounds. She didn't have a ton to lose, but 35 pounds, like like all her stuff went up and she just got to see like what was possible. And and that was more like a win now from from like that standpoint. Like it took eight years, like and again, she didn't have like a lot to do, so it may not be a great case, but it took her eight years to realize like what she was missing as far as, and, and that's how a lot of people are. They just don't come around to the realization that they need help uh, until it's, I don't, I don't know if this is right, but like dire straits where it's like, I can't do this. And, and then they might turn to you. So it's always good to like, be aware from a training perspective, like be there like for people. And again, it kind of goes back, like, don't try not to have a bad day. Cause you don't ever know like when that person might need your help that day. And that might be a time for, for you to kind of grow in yourself and grow your business, grow things of that nature. Um, most more recently I've had, I've had a few guys, um, go on uh, year long, kind of like changing their bodies type stuff. And I think this is where I really would love to see myself work is, is either is basically young dudes, both these guys in their twenties, um, uh, one coming from the uh, overweight and trying to get down and one coming from the, I won't say necessarily underweight, but definitely like skinnier side of things and trying to come up muscular wise. And both Aaron who came down and, and he dropped from like five pounds to like 185 pounds in, uh, in a year and like dude got shredded up. And the whole time was like able to like get his head right around like what was needed and and what it took and the work needed and he dedicated himself and that was like it was super encouraging to watch happen over the course of the year because he came from a place of like had just had a bad relationship as like a lot of people have they'll have some life event that determines that next stage and and he just went through the steps uh, month by month until he got to where you know he was like man this is awesome like this is something i can continue to do my rest of my life and so that was awesome then andrew he just finished up his with me uh a few months ago his his year he, he's still over here but he kind of had the opposite thing where he was trying to to basically gain size and so over the course of the year his crazy thing was and 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 everyone will see it kind of as they go through their own journey is sometimes it won't necessarily be like a scale victory but because like he really didn't gain much weight, but his muscle mass was crazy. I think he was like somewhere in the neighborhood of like six inches wider in his shoulders by the end of the year. The same body weight, like just crazy things he was able to see. And you know he was he's a, he he does a filmmaking for a living, and he was in one of his buddies' film. He's like, dude, I I love it when they tell me to take my shirt off now. Like that's like you know I was like hell yeah you. I was like you better request all your freaking scenes be shirtless. This is this is how I advertise. <laughs> that's awesome this is my advertisement so like and and i've been fortunate enough to work with people for a long long time i've had i've had people in their older you know their older years that that just like being able to get up and down like staircases at basketball games have been like just awesome pieces of puzzles that they put together over the years and that stuff's awesome as well like but those are probably like two like the more like dramatic ones i've had recently were those two guys and again that's kind of like where i I see myself being is because that was my that was me as a kid. Like when I was growing up in my late teens, early 20s was the kid that like, oh, the hopeless skinny kid, that will never do anything. They'll never have an ounce of muscle. And it's like, dude, was like some dedication and with better knowledge than I had, you can make it happen in a much shorter period of time. So.
0: I like it. That's good. So yeah, next man. question is. Which would you choose if you had to choose, pizza or donaires?
1: What, what the hell? What's a donair?
0: What? <laughs> I didn't even think of that. That's awesome. So donairs are apparently uh, <laughs> specific to Canada. <laughs> can, hey,
1: hey, what, what are these donairs, eh?
0: <laughs> that, one, that one caught me off guard. So, yeah, donairs are like... I was like... I, I was like... <laughs> you go ahead.
1: Okay. Okay, no, no. I was, I was like, donuts, duh. I know what you're talking about. I was like, dude, that Canadian accent really hit that donut hardcore. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. So, donairs are they take like meat and nobody really, nobody that I know knows what kind of meat, but they take that and they season it and then they put it in this big chunk and then the chunk like rotates and gets heated up and then they cut off little slabs and they put it in a wrap with okay. corn air sauce. It's pretty good. And then you okay, add okay. some so, veggies. So like it, it like
1: reminds me of like Euros is like what it reminds me of, they have like the big lamb, like and they'll like slice up the lamb like on the same kind of uh 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 rotisserie type thing. Yeah, and they'll go and they'll basically Okay, okay. So like in that scenario, pizza hundred percent like for sure i would do a meat lovers pizza deep crust like yeah for sure nice <laughs> just... air, man bring me one of those donaires whenever you come down there
0: totally i'll I'll have to like sweet talk them at customs like what the hell is this i don't know man just let just let me go <laughs> let me let me, be. Let me. <laughs> don't touch <take> me <laughs>
1: oh dude that's hilarious (laughs) oh canada (laughs) on the
0: topic of funny things what's the funniest thing that's ever happened to you in a training session
1: oh boy um shoot funniest thing that's ever happened in a training session man (sighs) I'm trying to think of like, thankful I've never had like, (laughs) like too many face plants or anything. Cause I I was trying to think of like, if I had stuff like that, man, I, I don't, I don't know that I have like, we have funny conversations, but I don't have like crazy, like instances of like, I've had people like i mean you obviously have like the stories of, like people like farting like mid-session and stuff like that but like like i feel like that's more typical like when people are working out hard that just happens and like like honestly I- i've seen tr- every trainer in the world like try to address it differently like bring it up and like like poke a little fun at it and be done with it and, like I-, I definitely like just be like like ignore it completely like it doesn't happen like oh oh good set let's go baby let's go you're you're getting after it now you're getting after it oh man yeah like other than that like like i guess like one of the funniest like one of the funniest things i had people do there for a little while i was uh so i trained out my garage gym and i and i have uh i have a nice size hill hill like i live on and and i had at one point i was like without a sled for a little while. Um And I made people drag me up the hill on my kids, like little wagon. I would sit in it and I would make them literally pull me up the hill on this wagon. And that always got a good rise out of any neighbor that like popped outside. So that was, that was pretty funny. Did you ever get video (laughs) of that? Like, that's awesome. (laughs) Like, like, I definitely have one somewhere, but it was, a, it was like three years back. Like I literally just had like a new client, uh, uh, old client who just got back from like having a, 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 one of her kids. And she was like, yeah, you remember like a few years ago when I pulled you up the hill? I was like, holy cow. I totally forgot about that. Cause I've had a, I've had my new slide for a while. And like, I was like, that was a good times, man. I should whip that thing back out.
0: Totally. You should do like a, a throwback post or like a, a new challenge yeah. for new clients. <laughs>
1: exactly yeah go drag the death i had like i think i had like a little like thing on the side was, like death wagon like i was like
0: <laughs> yeah it's freaking death wagon let's go drag me up the hill baby <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome so yeah pretty silly dude when you think about like maybe the next five years to come and you think about your career and life and all the things that are important do you have any like goals or aspirations or like visions for yourself
1: man so like probably like the biggest thing is like over the next yeah like let's just say like arbitrary like 5 years i i want to like i said i'm getting back into the online space i really by that time want to have a well functioning community of people um again kind of in like this male 20 to 40 you know trying to put on muscle trying to get through the the life that that kind of stuff that's like my, that's my thought. That's, that's where I want to be. But then sometimes I'm kind of like, well, you know, I, I really do enjoy everyone I train with. I train with folks from 12 years old to 80 years old. I have clients that, that span that scope. And, and I really like all the different areas of life that I get to experience with them. Like, My high school kids, like, you know, I'm 32 and I don't feel like I'm that far removed from it. But then I hear them talking. I'm like, holy cow, like, I have no freaking clue what you're talking about. And then, like, my older generations of folks, like, when they're bringing back up, like, oh, yeah, didn't you like him as an artist? It's like, Bobby, I wasn't born in 1970. I have no clue. Like, you know, (laughs) it's so like I do enjoy, like, the diversity that I get from those because everyone has their different thought processes and where they're at in life and what they're preparing for next, and so I do enjoy that. So, so even though I feel like I would do my most good with that group of guys, um, as far as just letting them see the the best improvement they could, I also do enjoy like my big group. So, so I do find myself kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place sometimes, as far as like what's the right path to take. Like I got I got two paths that are different. And, and if I do want to focus my energy and effort here, that that I really need to focus my energy and effort here. And I need to just keep this as, as steady as I can while I focus energy and effort here. But, um, so, so honestly, I guess like as far as family goes, like I'd love for Holly to like have to work less in four or five years. That's one of her dreams is like to be at home with the kids more. Um, and so, so I'm really hoping and and putting my effort into that online space because I do see the most potential for growth there, um, as far as what I'm doing locally and, and whatnot. So so if I guess if I had to guess and, and if I could you know look at the the magical hourglass of of what's going to happen, it would it would be looking like with a big community space online um, in the next five years from a training perspective. So
0: nice, I dig it um how about travel like where's the coolest place you've traveled
1: to dude chris like that's something that's like a little funky like <laughs> i've never cared to travel a whole bunch like it's not i get to see all the people and i never think like oh man i wish i could go see that like and i don't know why it strikes me like that like because every it always seems like everybody wants to do that so so to answer your question probably the coolest place i've traveled is like hawaii as far as like traveling like it was super beautiful we got to see like the volcanoes and and all the different variations of beaches which is like insane like i pretty much traveled to florida like every year since i was a kid and it's just like white beautiful beaches but they have like rock beaches and black beaches and green sand beaches and peak sand beaches and regular like you know your your, your browns and like and it's just like really crazy to see on one island space just the difference differences over there so that was like really cool but Um, there's a couple, there's a couple places that I would love to go. And this is more just like uh, for, for years, my grandfather, my grandfather's traveled the world, um, mission trips, just taking people on trips, all kinds of stuff. And one of his favorite places is Switzerland. And so at some point I'd really like to go out there. Um, and that's just more from my grandfather's experiences has always been very fun experiences here. And so I, I, yeah, I just trust his what he loves to do and so i'd like to do that just from that standpoint but man other than that like i'm a pretty boring body as far as uh, places i've been and places i go type stuff
0: you gotta come up to canada and see what donairs are all about (laughs) there
1: we go i'm gonna eat i'm gonna be in a donair eating contest when i go up there that's what i'm gonna sign up for
0: (laughs) (laughs) totally so i'm gonna bring us into the last question this is one that i ask all of my guests And it's, if you had one piece of advice on how to authentically live your life to the fullest, what would that piece of advice be?
1: Well, I'll, I'll kind of go back to like, um, the kind of my upbringing and, and that is take a step back from where you're at in your life every once in a while, take a look at the people around you, the people you interact with every single day and realize they're all trying to do their best in whatever it may be. It may not mesh a hundred percent with how you feel, how you believe, how, how you want the people around you to be, but realize they're trying their best to whatever they do, situations, upbringings for them, things that have led them to the position they're in. May be the thing that's affecting them and you could be that one light, that one good spot, that one positive thing they have to look to every single day. But if you choose to be the down and out soul and that is, they just get to see another one of that. They grow no stronger. You don't get to empower the people around you with your actions. And because at the end of the day, the only person's action we can control is our own. And, and it's, Yes, it takes some effort because you have to look inside you. You can't just go about mindlessly. So if I have anything to say, take a step back from where you are. Realize that we are very, very fortunate and blessed to be in the positions we're in. It may not be the ultimate position we want to be in, but we're very fortunate to be in the circumstance we're in. If you're listening to this podcast, you're very blessed to be where you're at um, because you have means far greater than, than most of the world and, and realize that you can impact someone's day by how you choose to live. Um, and so just, just be that, you know, put a smile on your face and, and kind of, you know, s- see where you can be a light to other people's dark. So
0: that was awesome. I like that. So like that. thanks for joining me today.
1: A hey, yeah, dude,
0: <laughs> I, I really,
1: <laughs> Yeah, dude, I uh, did. I loved meeting you last weekend, man. Um, I was uh, very excited to always make new friends. And and I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, where your training journey is going to take you, dude. Uh, you're you're in good hands with the people you've surrounded yourself with. And, and, and the people you've already connected with. And so you're going to have like leaps and bounds of head starts above like me and where other people like, started from. So that's, you know, your growth is exponential to what you know where you're at now so i'm super excited to like be with with you and walk with you through your journey man so
0: thanks that means a lot um of course you, Chris. you have a podcast too don't you or do you man
1: not? so like check this, check this out not anymore not anymore like so me and my uh, best bud we again back in this this all this stuff like really started around this fitocracy and that's just a i don't even know if you're familiar with it Yep. but it was a it was a okay cool cool. So it was a game website that like basically for anyone who doesn't know, you basically were able to uh, track all your workouts, all your exercises, and it gave you points like a video game and you leveled up character. And so back then I got pretty huge in the community. And so we started a podcast. Uh, it was called the Jack and Out Connection. <laughs> so his his name was Doctor Blackjack on the show, and I was Blackout Trainer on the on the show. So that's kind of where we just had the goof goofy name, but we we literally did. I think we did somewhere in the neighborhood of like sixty something podcasts back then, and we did it with like everyone, like Kelly Davis, John Romanello, Brett Contreras. Uh, I mean, we had like Dick Talon's, like all the people from Podocracy we had you know andy morgan i think at some point we had greg on like we had everybody on at the point at that point you know several years back and then like we just we really did you know it's kind of like one of those things where you kind of short change like what you're doing at the time we're like well you know like not not a ton of people are listening or like giving us feedback on it so we're like okay well we kind of did it we had a good run of it and then we just stopped so it was something that like <laughs> we enjoyed doing we just kind of didn't have where we were at in our lives we just didn't put the effort that we could have into it but you know, it is what it is. Makes
0: sense. That's cool. And it's good to have that experience. Yep.
1: Almost definitely. is how I met a lot of the people I got I know now. So it, it was, uh, if for nothing else, I love human interaction. I love human connection. And so that was well worth the time that we spent recording and
0: shooting all those episodes and just kind of goofing
1: off. So it was
0: good. Awesome. Well, I'm going to wrap yeah, it up. And thanks for joining me today.
1: Dude, all right, big Chris, man. You take it easy.
0: Yeah. See ya.
1: All right. See you both.